welcome to Learning the Tropes. This is Aaron. And I'm Clayton. And I'm your roommate's level veteran. And I'm the Virgin. And we're your hosts. Hi, Clayton. Hey. So we read Virgin River, Virgin River number one by Robin Carr this week. Oh my gosh. I can't <laughs> wait to get into this because you were texting me. Uh-huh. And I was responding to the text, but I also didn't want to show my hand because I wanted to save it for the podcast. But yeah. I am I couldn't itching. help myself. I know. I'm bursting right now. <laughs> okay. Well, before we get into it, let's judge these covers. So this book has been like re-released a ton of times. So there's the original 2007 cover there is the Kindle 2013 cover. There's a cover when Virgin River was announced that it like was being made into a series. And then there's finally like the Netflix tie-in cover. Well, I think you're going to know what my favorite cover is out of the four <laughs> of these. It's the tie-in cover, of course, because you got Mel and Jack staring back at us. It's just they're such comforting people to look at. Uh, I have such a soft spot for them and this show, obviously. What I'll say for the book ones, I actually really like the 2019 Netflix announcement cover Mm -hmm. because there's just something. It's got a river on it, which it should because it's a virgin river. Pines, sun kind of coming out of – it seems like the sun's either rising or setting – coming through the pines then it's got a really just clean typeface with virgin river and then robin carr very big because i think robin carr is at the level at least uh she she is on a cover that doesn't have actors on it to be pretty big typeface right well that's the funny thing that you see in this evolution is how it starts with you know in the original release of the cover robin carr is small and virgin river is massive then on the first re-release for the kindle robin carr is massive and virgin river is small so you can see that she sort of probably became like a bigger author and then she became the draw Mm -hmm. and then you know with that cover it's like robin carr is still bigger than than virgin river um, but then once you get to the Netflix tie-in episode uh, cover, it's Virgin River again, and then it's these two like very pretty actors. <laughs> yeah. So I it's fun. It's funny. I guess you could see sort of what they thought the draw of it was going to be. I, the original cover I don't love. It looks like a computer simulation of a small town. It doesn't look real. Yes, and, and it doesn't like have the river. Porches. No, exactly. And then the the Kindle one, it looks like just people sitting out on a porch, like a restaurant out on a porch with evergreens. No, I agree. I think that the strongest is the 2019, the like Netflix announcement cover. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a nice cover, and it's got like a nice blue kind of uh, like coloring. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. All right, Clayton, so what was Virgin River by Robin Carr about? So Mel is a nurse practitioner that was working in L.A. where all she took care of was people who were handcuffed to beds, crackheads, bums, 
These are her words, not mine. And her husband, Mark, is murdered in a convenience store robbery. So she packs up all her stuff, what she hasn't already sold, and takes a job as a midwife in Virgin River, which is a very, very small town. She gets there, gets stuck in the mud. Doc helps her out. She looks at her cabin. The cabin is bullshit. She was given. She was supposed to get a fully, uh, like tricked out cabin, and it was a decaying mess. All of the things in town that were supposed to be nice were not, and it was all because Hope McRae lied to get her there, basically. And so she wants to leave. She's freaking out. She meets Jack, and then once she meets Jack. Everything changes. So Jack mm-hmm. is ex-Marine, and he he ended up in Virgin River, owns a bar and restaurant. Preacher is there. Preacher's a guy that was in his, his I'm going to say platoon, which is probably wrong, but uh, was in the same group of soldiers as him. And, and Jack ha- knows loss, but so does Mel. <laughs> And so they end up hooking up. I mean, there's a lot more to it, obviously. But those are our main two characters. Oh, and then, of course, we can't not talk about Lizzie and Ricky. Because Lizzie and Ricky are also in this book inexplicably. Lizzie and Ricky are a plague. I mean, let's not go too far. But (laughs) let's no, let's go that far. Let's go as far as we want to go. But I know that's a little bit Uh, sloppy. I'm assuming anybody who's listened to this has read the book or watched the series. So -hmm. they pretty much know kind of what this book is about. But I think I did a decent job. Yeah. I mean, those are all like the big points. And yeah, it is. We're going to talk about like the book versus the series later. Yeah. Um, In case people haven't seen the series, we don't want to ruin it for them because they might have not pulled the trigger yet i would say just do it just do it it's so fun it makes this reading this book made me want to watch the show again Mm -hmm. so i would say if you have the what is it 20 hours to do it do it (laughs) um yeah there are all those memes going around right now that it's like watch a two-hour movie i don't have the time but it's like a 10-hour series Hmm, i'm interested yeah it's true um so, Aaron, let's. What did you think of this book? Like, like I think that's the main thing because I was getting some yeah. texts. You seemed incredulous that some of the things in this book were happening. Uh huh. I need you to. I need you to break down your reading process. What happened here? Because you were doing it this weekend. You were going mm-hmm. bonkers. <laughs> it's a. It, so this book, as far as I can tell, was written in two thousand and seven, which is shocking to me because it reads like 1987 it reads so extraordinarily out of touch that i'm like this has to be written in a different time where we had just like different views of things and yeah 2007 2007 was a long time ago was 14 years ago and culturally we are 40 years away from it i know because i've been thinking about that too because i think there's been a lot of discussion 
in the culture about particularly like the aughts and the way women were treated in the aughts. And I've, so I've spent a lot of time thinking about that because I was, you know, between, yeah, like 15 to 25 during that time. So it was like, you know, I was heavily influenced by media and as opposed to now, which where you're not influenced at all by the media. Well, no, I'm still influenced <laughs> by the media. But I think when you're like a teenager in early 20s, it's like you're trying to find your identity and you don't. There's a lot of things about yourself and what's happening to you that you don't understand. So you're really tr- looking to media in a way that like, obviously, I still do now, like reading books and movies and TV shows and stuff like want to see yourself reflected back. But it's like I have a stronger sense of who I am now. Where I'm not like trying on personas or trying on different things in the way that you are when you're like a teenager in in your early twenties, and you're not um, so quick to to feel a certain way about Paris Hilton that TMZ wants you to feel. Yeah, well, I think the big thing about the aughts and the thing that is like this is so off topic, but I think the thing that is really driving people crazy about like now that that fashion is coming back and it's like fashion and cyclical, we could have guessed that was going to happen now, but it's like truly then your body was the fashion. So like you would wear weird skimpy clothes, like meant to make like a perfect body look a little bit less perfect. And if you didn't have a perfect body, you looked a mess and there was like no escaping it. And there was so much body image shit in this book that was cuckoo bananas bonkers that I was like, this was written in a different time. So clearly in like any time, uh, Anytime Mel, and and we're not, it's a, it's written in third person. So we're not in her mind ever, but it's like, or we are whatever, you know how it is. You've, you've all read romances. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, anytime she meets someone, she's like, she was slim. She was felt. Oh, all of his sisters were thin. That's good. They were all attractive or she's not thin or, you know, there are two women and one has a heart attack and she goes and she's like, oh, the fat one didn't have a heart attack. That's surprising. And that's supposed to be like a plot twist. (laughs) Like, it, it was just so weird. And so then, especially when we meet Lizzie, the things that Mel says internally about a 14 year old girl, which I don't think I understood in the show that she was supposed to be 14. I don't, I, I, I don't, to our credit, I don't think, I think they aged her up in the show. There's no way she's 14 in the show. Yeah. She's 17 it, or she's, she's a teenager, but not like a 14 year old teenager i don't think i don't think i mean the thing that's hard about that it's like they don't hire 14 year olds to play 14 year olds and like even if there are i mean there are 14 year olds who look older who develop quicker and whatever but it's like when um mel sees lizzie for the first time she thinks little sex queen about a 14-year-old. And all of the talk about around Lizzie is, like, why is she dressing so slutty? And she's going to try to, like, trap Ricky. And I'm like, she's a child. So, I don't know. So, that was really fucked up. Um, and then, if that wasn't enough, the way that... She, that... The way that Mel talked about her life in L.A. was cuckoo bananas bonkers. 
in that it's like that is not a place that exists and the way that you're talking about it doesn't exist and like finally at one point she was like I had to tell a cop to not handcuff a woman as she was giving birth which is like okay great okay because literally uh, handcuffing women to beds it happens like in prisons and stuff but like it is a form of torture and it would be it's insane that you would blame the woman giving birth for that situation in any way and when so there was all of that and she was like you know it was a war zone and all this stuff and it's like listen like if she's working in downtown LA, that is a dangerous area. There are a lot of drugs there. Like, I don't want to minimize like what you would see as an Ellen D nurse there, but like, you know, whatever. She did definitely it- <laughs> in her recollection, she gave a lot more weight to the criminals and bums. And that's a term that she uses. And they all use in this book, bum that, so, so, yeah. that, that came in as opposed to, once in a while, there had to have been somebody who just fell off a ladder or something, <laughs> you know, like a guy well, who was working like... fell off a ladder and had to come <laughs> to the emergency room that he could they couldn't have been just like, OK, everybody is needs to be handcuffed that comes to this hospital. It was well, it's to the point then when her husband you know, she's talking about like, oh, I miss Mark. And, you know, we worked a, we worked a bat, we worked a long shift. And then he went to a convenience store and he got shot three times in the chest. I literally burst out laughing. I was, I was like, this is hilarious. Like that this Poor Mark. happened. It's so, it was so bizarre and weird. Like, do people get killed accidentally in robberies? Like, yes, obviously. But I think it's like the way that she was talking about violence and the way that this book is really like us versus them in a way that is like so frustrating and bizarre because it's like, I don't know. It's like people who have like a little bit of sympathy for what's going on or, you know, I, I found it really well, weird. But Mel has sympathy. She takes the, the rotting food to the bum camp. Oh, yeah, that's right. Before Jack and all of his Marine buddies come up with fucking flak jackets to go, like, move some, like, poverty-stricken people away. It's like, we got rid of those bums. It's like, they're literally homeless people who have set up a camp. Like, well, There's an interesting thing. So, like, we're getting kind of deep into something here, which we can no, but, but uh, yeah, we could talk more about the book. But those were the those were the things that like as I was reading this book that were like so glaring and obvious that like it really made it difficult for me to then connect with Mel or connect with Jack because of like the things they were saying. And it really felt like this w- weird not tethered to reality version of what certain people think about the city versus what certain people think about the country. So did you enjoy this book at all? No. Did you? I loved this book. Oh my God. I absolutely had such a ball reading this. I got such a (laughs) kick out of it. I was able to, like, I understand what you're saying. I saw those things and they did stand out in a way, but I didn't, I, I, it didn't get in the way of, I think, what was to me just like a fun love story between the two of them. Because I think Jack is great in this book. 
I would say, and we're gonna go, you know, we're gonna talk about the series later. But I actually like Jack's character in the this book better than I do in the show, and we'll get into reasons why. But I, re- I would back you up on that. I agree. But, and we'll talk about it later. Mel is worse in the book than she is in the show, and it has a lot to do with the things that you were saying, right? The way she thought about where she came from. But I will say, I will say, let's give Mel a little bit of a benefit of the doubt right at the top here, just because her husband was murdered. If we're taking what happened in this book as what happened in her life, Mm -hmm. her husband was murdered. I do think that maybe when she remembers that job, she is remembering the traumatic parts of it and eliminating the non-traumatic parts in order to give herself the ability to break away and move and to maybe put Mark in the past a little bit, right? I mean, that might be giving the story a lot more credit, but there is a possibility that, you know how when you quit a job and all you think about is the horrible, horrible things about it, and then you get a little bit more perspective after a few years away or a few months away, and there are things you remember that you enjoyed, there could be that going on with Mel, because she has had some trauma. So I think there's yes. a possibility there. So, but that, the, 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 I didn't notice all the body image stuff, it's interesting you bring it up because now that you're mentioning it, I definitely see it. I definitely remember instances where she is she is thinking about body image. And even Jack, when he talks, talks about our beloved Charmaine, which it's not Charmaine as we know her. Because no, Charmaine, it's a completely different person. He does talk about how she is ch- chubbier. And how when he when he held her in bed, she felt soft, I think he said. But he said it in not a way that was like how a female is soft in a positive way. I think he said squishy or something. So he definitely, we're definitely supposed to like Mel better because she is skinny and younger. Mm-hmm. You know, Charmaine is kind of, not in my words, and not in Robin Carr's words either, but... Well, I guess then it would have to be in my words. Yeah, uh, those are the only two <laughs> we're going through. We're going to use an outside firm. These are uh, Price Waterhouse's <laughs> words. She she was she was kind of used goods. That's that's my interpretation of how she was being looked at in this book. So mm-hmm. I noticed that, but you know, and I don't know if it's my love for the the show that makes me just have such an affinity for this book, but. I liked the setting. I really, uh, you know, you it really makes you want to live in a place like this. I mean, sans the growers and like the all the guns, but where you know you can just go fly fishing and uh, you know uh, you can pay for your bone getting set or your surgery with deviled eggs. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. The quaintness, I think, w- came through, and I think Mel and, and Jack's attraction and Mel's struggle with her dead husband, it came through to me. Like he was so Jack was really respectful of what she needed, 
-hmm. He obviously was smitten and in love with her. And he did, I think, give her such so much space and 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 respected her so much that I really fell in love with Jack in this book. And he yeah. miraculously, even though she was infertile. Oh my god. And poor Mark tried so much to give her a baby, but Jack fucked her so good. What the first time? <laughs> the first time that she becomes pregnant. And that's love. Right. The reason couples are infertile is because they don't love each other enough. And the men don't fuck good enough. <laughs> according to Robin Carr. I mean, that's insane. Obviously, that's not what we believe. But I think it's like... No, yeah. obviously, no. That's Pricewaterhouse. That's, a, that's, that's not, in my words or your words. Right. The, it's the magic, the magic penis. Yeah. Although I, it does seem like he could fuck really good. Like, Jack does seem like a great lover. Does he? I mean, I mean, you don't think so? No. Why not? He's so caring. <laughs> he is very sweet and caring, but like the sex scenes were basically just him pawing at her and then her just coming on his dick, which is like, listen, if you're one of the 18% of women who can come that way, hats off to you and congratulations. You don't need me because you're doing well enough on your own. But I think that like, I don't, it didn't seem like he was a, a particularly good lover versus other people. Although she did say that he had a huge long, which I believe. Yeah. And a, and a marvelous, a marvelous head of hair. He will not, well in the show he does obviously, but in the book he has like short hair. She but but thick. She said it's thick. Because oh, she, well, even, he's very virile, virile. He, he can, he can fuck a baby into an, to a infertile woman. So and that baby's coming out with chest hair. <laughs> well, it's funny because she even mentions mentions Mark, her dead dead husband's receding hairline, when she's talking about when she's talking about uh, Jack when she's looking at him while they're driving, and I was like, oh man, you gotta hit the the dead guy for his receding hairline. It's like, I know. all he did was try to like pick up milk and got three to the chest. It's not his fault. It is so funny because it is hard to talk about the book without talking about the show. But, um, something else that happens in this book that I don't love. And I do think this is like a bit of a romance trope. So I, this isn't necessarily Robin Carr, but whenever you read a widow or a widower book, it's always like, even if that person thought that they were in love with their partner who who died, it ter always turns out they weren't. And they always have to say at a stage that they love this person more than the person who died. And I always find that really bizarre that you have to be like, I thought I loved Mark, but I didn't because I love you so much. And it's like, well, it's the one true, right? It's it's that's yeah. why it's got to be the one true, which I, I don't think obviously in real life. I think there's many people who have lost a loved one, found another love, and it's respected that that person's always going to be a love of someone's life no matter what. It's just the older you get, you realize people love before they might love again. It's like just love when you can love, you know. That's very sweet. Well, it's also, it's like you just love people differently. Yes. You know? 
Yeah, she so it's and like, she could yeah. love Mark as a balding uh, man who never showed her enough attention because he loved his work too much, and she can also love Jack as a virile man who fucks amazingly and miraculously gives her babies. Mm-hmm. Right? You can love both those guys, right? What did you think about her when he asks her explicitly about birth control and she says, I got it handled. And in her mind, she was like, <laughs> I got it handled because it can't happen. Yeah. I didn't hate her for that. I did think that was kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. I mean, honestly, like, that's a conversation you have with people. And sometimes that's what they say. And sometimes you take that for their word. <laughs> I mean, that's, Jack, a, that's yeah. not my, that, uh, I mean, that's like a third party, obviously. I heard that from. <laughs> I'm just taking all my fingerprints off of this episode. <laughs> it's so wild that you just like ran into somebody on the street and they told you all their opinions of. <laughs> I know it is weird. You just met an old man on an abandoned road. It's fine. Yeah. But. Is he it, ever there? Yeah, so I, it's it's so fun. I guess maybe my love for this book is so. I, I'm I'm so inclined to like it because it's visiting my friends again, right? And you know, talking to you, like I do realize this was ridiculous. I do realize there was a lot of I guess reductive things going on, uh, in it. But it it did it. it it didn't stop me from really enjoying it. Well, I'm happy that you enjoyed it. I'm happy. That's nice. See, I, I think thought other... I thought what? you would like it. I thought you would think it's ridiculous, but still like it. I'm surprised that you disliked it as much as you do. I mean, yeah. can we go into full dislike, or because we don't usually dislike? I, I mean, like we dislike to say stuff, that I but... hate things, but like you hated you know... this. No, well, whatever. Hate is a strong word. But I think Robin Carr can has all of her cash. <laughs> she is a very, very wealthy woman. And I'm happy for that because I like, you know, when any woman has a ton of money, I think that's great. But I think it, it wasn't for me. I didn't, in, I didn't enjoy it. I don't know that I would have finished it if I didn't have to finish it for the podcast. And there's nothing in me that wants to that would continue reading the series you know because there are definitely books you know if we've read the first in a series even if i don't end up continuing the series there's like a part of me that's like oh i want to circle back or this character is interesting or this and i like want to stay there and for some reason i honestly it's like i think the sins of this was was too big for me as far as just the way that it was culturally and I think it also kind of shows in a way like how far romance has come because this does feel so dated that it's like this would not like I don't think if this book came out today it would be the success that it maybe was then because I just don't think they're I think that like as a genre and the people writing the genre are writing at like such a different level at this stage that like this wouldn't crack. And I think, I don't know, maybe that's a part of it too. It just, it wasn't for me. I don't have like rural fantasies either. I think cause I grew up extraordinarily rural and I freaking hated it. 
So there's also no part of me that like has that like, oh, if I could just live in a little cabin, it's like I did and it sucked. Um, well, I will say there's a, there, there is one of the weaknesses to this book is that it's supposed to be the Mellis City and she comes to a rural area and that whole, you know, the, the son-in-law trope that we all know so well. Uh-huh. And they don't – she doesn't play with it enough because she talks about her fancy boots and her expensive jeans and all these things. But she pretty much jumps in head first and never has an issue other than what she thinks people will perceive her as. Otherwise, she has no issue jumping in and excelling. So there was a – there was – a setup that was never really paid off, but I was okay with that because I'm not a huge, like how much could you really get out of that? In my mind, not much because we've seen it all before. So Mm -hmm. I was okay with it, but the way that she would mention, well, I can't stay because I'm a city girl. It's like, well, that's not really why you can't stay because you seem to be acclimating yourself very, very well to your surroundings. So that doesn't seem like it's an issue. I will I will give you that. And you know, culturally it's one of those things where it's very hard to ke- keep up with present culture, especially because of how things have moved so fast, especially in the last 4 years that uh-huh. I can still enjoy things that aren't culturally up to date and be okay with it. I understand all your criticisms about this book. But it it didn't come off to me while I was reading so egregious that I couldn't enjoy it. I did not expect this conversation to go the way it did because I thought this was going to be a new series that we were going to start reading. <laughs> like, I really was like, okay, what's the next one? When can we schedule? But that ain't the case, I guess. I guess I'll have I to mean- read these off uh, off the pod, off mic. I will say the only story that I was interested in was, was Lizzie and Ricky. Preacher. Oh my God. <laughs> was Preacher where I was like, but I, I, I don't know. And who knows if it is just like the, like going back to that place where like, those are all things that were like, just said really casually. And it's like, you're right. And it is unfair to ask somebody to be like 14 years ahead of the rest of the culture when they, create a piece of art like that's that is ridiculous but I just I mean honestly it's like I just didn't connect with it and obviously a lot of people connected with this book so it's like you do or you don't so if you did (laughs) and a lot of people did and enough people did that they made like a really excellent (laughs) Netflix series out of it so like I'm happy that it exists in the world yeah I I think that these books are written for a specific audience that I'm just like not a part of or not particularly interested in and and that's what it is which is fine i mean there's a ton of books that aren't for me and that's okay so preacher is is we only dip our toe into preacher we we don't really get to know him at all which was a bummer but i think his he'll be in a book a successive book right because that's how these things work the shows do the thing where they have to weave in stories that happen in future books mm-hmm. so that they just have more stuff to do because you can't just focus entirely on the one couple in a show. 
Yeah, it the just next doesn't seem book to work. is. Yeah, the next book is Preacher and the Woman on the Run. Oh, okay. I see. I want to see how they tackle that. I want to see how it. And I know it's going to be ridiculous, but I kind of want to read it. And I know you won't. So I'll, maybe I'll just read these off to the side. You. I, what if I hate we, to we cheat. could just do? I hate to no. cheat on our listeners. We could do an episode where you've read the book and then you're just explaining the book to me. <laughs> you could do Sounds that. like a way for you to get out of reading a book. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Listen, I mean, if you're going to read it anyway. It's not a horrible idea. Maybe we do a special episode where it's like Clayton Explains. And yes. it'll be a complete mess because you guys all know when I try to do those, what was this book about at the beginning, they are m- most of the time a mess. But so it'd be I like pretty interesting. that Preacher was described as like a Jesse Ventura type. Yes. Yes. That's when I was like, okay, this is not the show. This is not the show. So let's get into it then because we, we've been teasing it all episode. Let's talk about some differences because I think, you know, we are the number one Virgin River fans show-wise, the Netflix show. Yeah, we have to be. So we love the show. You didn't love the book. I enjoyed the book greatly. Now, he, one of the differences we already mentioned, which is that Mel's husband, Mark, in the show, was not murdered in a convenience store. He died in a car accident that she was a part of because they were having a disagreement. So she has some guilt there, right? That's a difference. We also have the fact that Mel's sister, Joey, is really cool in this book, and she's an asshole in the show. Well, in the, sh- in the book, she's also... Ma- well, like, just, like, full, just, like, impressions of the book versus the show. This made me appreciate the showrunner and writers of Virgin River on Netflix, because... I think that they made they made a lot of changes that were really smart. And I think they took something and like got rid of the fluff and really focused on what the core of the story was. And obviously like built up a town around them mm-hmm. um, and really did a good job of adding characterization to characters that really didn't have much and making subtle changes that I'm like, it only made me like respect and love them more because of now that I see what they were working with, I'm like, oh, it's it's even a bigger, it's even more impressive, sort of like how good the show is b- b- based on the source material. Just not because I didn't like the source material, but just the 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 differences that were made, I think, were really huge. So yeah, Joey in the book is married with three kids and lives in Colorado. In the show, she's single because she comes and she like flirts with somebody, doesn't she? In the show, she's not single. She's going to cheat. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So then Don't also... Don't love that. Then all... What? I mean, it's fine. Whatever. People do what they <laughs> want to do. But we also, Doc and Hope, are not, in this book, at least at all, connected. They know each other. But that is not a great romance. No, I mean, the characterization of Hope, and I don't know how much is the actor, like, I'm sure it's some of the actors and the and definitely the writers, but it's like, 
that was so smart. Like the changes they made to her. Cause in the book, she's not around much. Like she's the reason they come that um, Mel comes to town, but it, it's never explained what her function within the town is. Yes. She's not um, mentioned as mayor. No, but she's also mentioned as somebody who's like trying to get a school teacher there too. Like she's definitely trying to like improve the town, but it's, but she's also like just not around much versus Hope in the show who can't keep her nose out of anything. Who we love. And is but we love always her. fucking around. Oh, Hope in the show is perfect. The world's worst mayor, the world's best hope. I love her. <laughs> the world's um, best hope, but the worst mayor. That is great. Uh, Jack does not have a relationship with her in this book. It doesn't seem like they are very connected in the show not connected that much. I mean, everybody knows each other in Virgin River. So, uh, so that's a thing, but they don't seem to have any sort of lifelong bond. No. And the way where they feel like almost mother and son in the show, yes. they like hope basically like after she initially brings Mel there, she shows up occasionally at Jack's and will just smoke and then doesn't really say much or too much. And then is not there anymore. I did love when she pulls out a cigarette. And I think in 2007, you could still smoke inside, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's still like, it, it, that's. That's when too all the anti smoking laws were starting, I think, because no, you couldn't smoke in New York City then. But like in the rest of the know. country, I'm not sure if they I think you still could, yeah. caught up to that. But Mel grabs her wrist when Hope is trying to, to light a cigarette and says, let me eat first. Which I, mm-hmm. listen, I don't want to get smoke blown in my face while I'm eating, but to grab, physically grab someone's wrist, that's a little bit extreme to me. Yeah. I, you don't put hands uh, on somebody just because they want to smoke a cigarette uh, inside. <laughs> when I don't it's legal so. to do so. Because also it's like, in in like realistically, if you could smoke inside, Jack's bar would be constantly reeking of cigarettes. Like, yeah there would be no escaping it. That was the thing about back then is like you would go into a restaurant and you pick smoking or non, and then you could possibly be sitting next to a table that was smoking. Virgin River is a very live free or die kind of town. Yes. It's surprisingly New Hampshire for ups for California. California. I almost said upstate California, which isn't a thing. I don't think people say that. Um, so in this, the, R- Ricky and Lizzie also, I think, are younger than in the show. Okay. So did anything end up happening? Because, like, Ricky and Lizzie, like, Ricky's attracted to Lizzie because she's, like, a little hussy. Everyone puts the blame on her, naturally. We are in the aughts. So Ricky is 16 and Lizzie is 14. 14. And they have to- now, let yeah. me, like, 14 is so young. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know 16 is young, 16 is young, but 14 is young. When I was 16, I had zero interest in 14 year olds because 14 year olds mm-hmm. were babies and I was in high school. Yes. And I, yeah. And when you're a teenager, when you're younger, it's like a year of difference feels so much more 14 to 16 it's just it was crazy that we had a sex scene between a 16 and a 14 year old in this book that really didn't lead to anything other than a pregnancy scare where ricky and jack and preacher sitting around being like well you know what 
you could be fucked. Yeah. I kept waiting for that to come back around in some sort of a meaningful way because also it's like this book does like you depart from Mel and Jack like you do see what's going on mm-hmm. in other places and, and like we're in the car when they have sex it is weird to read a like a teenage sex scene and we could have just heard about that that could have been just something that Ricky told Jack yeah I just felt like it was it was weird because it's like if you're not gonna have this come back and be that either Liz needs an abortion and Mel has to give an abortion or um get, you know get the morning after pill or like in the series where Liz then gets birth control from Mel. Yeah, that's cool. It's like that is a continuing of the plot, but it was strange to like spend this much time with these people and then it's like, oh yeah, Lizzie um after her aunt has a heart attack goes back to live with her mom and that's the end of that it was i don't know it just felt like there was no follow-through for like the amount of time we spent with them it it was a pretty accurate representation of a pregnancy scare though because ricky was really freaked out and he would call her and she'd be like i miss you so much i miss you and he'd be like so is there anything you need to tell me or (laughs) Are you feeling sick or like, so what's your period like? Is it, is it normal? Does it happen regularly? Or are you one of those girls that doesn't have it for like three months? It was, it was pretty accurate. Yeah. Well, also young, she is 14. Dumb. So it's like, she's been having her period for two years. Like what? She doesn't know. how. how <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I'm 36 and I barely have a handle on it. Yeah. I mean, Ricky in the show is so insufferable, though. Like, I, I don't like. We are not Ricky and Lizzie fans. We want no. our show to be, we want Virgin River Grown to be us. focused on people either in their late 30s, early 40s, or their 70s. Mid to late 30s is the youngest I want to acknowledge exists. Exactly. And yeah, and then I want all the love stories to be and up. Well, yes. that is something that I think the book and obviously the show also does really well is like how it centers like just like older people. Like Jack is 40 as Mel likes to tell him any chance she gets. And, um, you know, Mel is, I guess, supposed to be in her like early to mid 30s. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's good i think like so many books that we read are like a 27 year old and a 19 year old and it's like nice that it's like you know these are adults making like adult decisions who had lives they had lives beforehand and it's it's nice when people who have lived a little bit fall in love because it just seems like you've been through more so Mm -hmm. you just have i think a better chance of survival now right you know more about yourself now we got to talk about Charmaine. Oh because yeah. In this book, Charmaine is a woman with three kids who works at a bar in Clear River, and Jack drives out there. We'll have a drink at the bar, go home with her, stupper, and then never stay over. And that is something that happens, and we see him have sex with her while he's thinking about Mel, even though yeah. he'll say that he wasn't. He was. He does it once and then, like a good dude, just drove, I don't know, 40 miles to have sex with a waitress that he doesn't even take his boots off for. (laughs) And is thinking about somebody else, has the, you know, is a good enough guy to think, 
I can't do this anymore. I don't want to drive this long because I've got somebody that is way closer <laughs> and younger well, think- and not as squishy as he right. describes her. Which is funny because when we did our our interview with Lauren Hammersley and we and when she talked about how Charmaine was in the books, I thought because she's a, a very funny person mm-hmm. that she was exaggerating how Charmaine was described in the books. And she was not at all exaggerating how she is described in the books. <laughs> and how little she is in the books, too. But you know what? I will say, I'm glad we have Charmaine in the show. But mm-hmm. what Charmaine does by being in the show is make Jack less of a hero and more of a doofus. Mm-hmm. Because in the book... He draws a line. Like, as much as I'm joking, he does do, I think, a good thing. Draw a line and say, I don't want to do this anymore because even though something might never happen with Mal, I am thinking about her and and I'm falling in love with her and I don't want to be unfair to you, Charmaine. And then he ends it. It's over. Mm -hmm. And she comes back one more time dressed up to try and get him back. It's a pretty sad scene, but she's cool with him, as cool as she could be, with a guy saying, you know, no, I I still haven't changed my mind, and here's this young, young, (laughs) this younger woman who I was kind of, I wasn't seeing, but I was around when I broke up with you, even though I said there was no other woman. So he does lie a little bit there. But then it's over and Charmaine's gone. In the in the show, he's caught in so many situations that make him look foolish that it just kind of makes Jack seem less of a one true or at least less of a noble guy than in the book. And that's why I think I like Jack better in the book because he doesn't deal with any situation other than Mel. He's Mel 100%. Yeah, yeah. I think in the book, he's much better. Yeah, for all the reasons that you laid out. Because there's there's less of an overlap in the book, you know, like you said, versus the show where it does seem like he was not being upfront and truthful with Charmaine. And it's like in the book, he goes the first time to try to tell her that, but instead he gets like really hot and bothered and they end up having like really quick sex. Yes. And then, yeah, and then he goes back and tells her. Um, Yeah, I think the characterization of Jack is different. And I think something that's difficult is, you know, we get to be in Jack's head in the book, so we know kind of what he's thinking. Where, like, obviously in the show we can't, because it's not, you know, unless you're going to do, like, a ton of voiceover, it doesn't make sense. But, yeah, Zach seems more like a kind of, like, a yeah, a weaselly doofus in the show. And I still love him. Don't get me wrong. But he's like a little bit more of a joke. Yeah. Versus the book. The other big change that happens or I mean, there's a few is also I know we talked about Mark, but it's like in the book, she like totally loves Mark until she realizes she loves Jack more than is fuck Mark. But I think like she puts his yeah, she has his picture, (laughs) puts it in the in the drawer and is like, I got to go. Sorry. Which is so funny. I anyway, so um, 
And in the show, they have it be that, like, you know, they were going through, through fertility issues and they were fighting a lot. And the reason that, like, he died is because she distracted him while they were driving. And, like, I never loved that part of it because it's like you can really miss somebody and you can really be sad that somebody is dead and not have feel guilt about, I don't know, fighting with them before. Like, I always feel like that's part of the show that is confusing to me because it's like you guys weren't getting along and it was really hard and not that you wouldn't still miss somebody at that stage. But like I liked in the book that she like completely loved him and that when she started falling in love with Jack, she felt like that was a betrayal and it like that felt like a very real thing that I'm sure happens. Yes. You know? And then the other obviously big thing is in the book, he does not impregnate Charmaine in the show. He has impregnated her with twins. Um, and then in the book, he has impregnated Mel immediately the first time they have sex together. And in the show, she's still not pregnant. So, like, they're abandoning that storyline, it seems, because I was trying to remember for the show, like, when they had sex for the first time. Yes, it was because like in under the, different circumstances and stuff, but in the book, it's the anniversary of Mark's death. She uh-huh. has a breakdown. He holds her while she screams and screams and screams and cries, and then takes her inside, undresses her in a very sweet way, not in a sexual way. You know, just tries to because it was raining outside, and so he dries her off, and then she wants him in the bed, and then they end up having sex, and he impregnates her. I they do have sex. And I think I think they do have sex in the show it, during, or at least they had been. They did talk about Mark and her loss, kind of close to it. But I don't know if it was exactly the same sort of scene. No, it's not the same scene at all. And I feel like it takes them longer to have sex in the show. It does, and they have less sex than I mean in the book. Once they start screwing around, they screw around pretty consistently and are like sleeping together sleeping in the same bed all the time and everything so and outwardly affectionate they're outwardly affectionate with each other more so than they are in the show right in the show they are not really affectionate with each other in public ever yeah it's only sort of maybe in private but it's like kind of it's funny because i'm like are you just trying to draw out that like will they or won't they or something or i don't know the 100 percent the reason for it but I that's think they are. Too. I, I think yeah. that's and that's that, that's the thing with the show is that they they had to weave in other things. Like we don't get into preacher's uh, uh, backstory at all, really, other than he was, uh, you know, overseas with Jack. So we don't get to mm-hmm. see much of that. Of course, preacher is a huge uh, part of the show, who we love. Mm-hmm. The baby. We didn't mention the baby at all because. Oh yeah. So Chloe, because she names the baby, is left on the doorstep of Doc's practice. And that's the reason she stays, which is funny because I don't think about it at all in the show when I think about the show. And I completely forgot about it in this book, even though the baby does come back. And we find out that the baby was given away by... Uh, the woman she ends up, the baby ends up with because the, she had had so many kids and didn't think she could handle it and kind of had a little bit of a break and left the baby. And then once nobody came to adopt the baby, she was like, I'll take my baby back 
baby back, baby back. And <laughs> she, sorry, <laughs> stupid. And um, she takes it back, and that's that. And I wasn't interested in it in the show, and I'm not interested in it now. Right. I think it is handled better in the book um, because it is, yeah, the baby is also left on Doc's porch versus in the show it's left on Mel's porch. And it's like, it makes more sense that the woman would leave it like with the doctor than just Mm -hmm. like this lady who just blew into town. And in the show, there's more of a like trying to find the mother where I feel like in the book, Doc is like, oh, yeah, I called social services. They'll come out whenever, you know, maybe somebody will come by. And I feel like Doc knows a little bit more of, like, sort of what's going on mm-hmm. than he does in the show. Yeah, they yeah, try to make it more I, of a I mi- thought it was handled better. They try to make it more of a mystery in the show, definitely. And I do think mm-hmm. that the writers got bored with it as they knew that the what the people watching it would so i'm glad that they dropped it nobody wants to work with the baby even though i did enjoy this book and you did not i i do enjoy the show more like you said previously i do have to applaud the writers of the show i think they did a very good job adapting this and and in my mind making it better in enough ways that I think if you don't want to read the books, you don't really need to. I don't think it's essential. I think Jack is better in the books, Mm -hmm. but it's just because of the format of a romance novel, it's way easier to give somebody a happy ending at the end of one book as opposed to trying to have a series with somebody because you're going to have to throw extra roadblocks in there that you wouldn't in one book. Well, I think too, it's like the difference because like with Bridgerton, they're doing like a book, a season. And so they're closing the loop every season. So it's like, you know, this was like Daphne and Simon were resolved. And then like, I imagine next season, like Anthony and Kate will be resolved and then you'll move on. And so I think for some reason with Virgin River, the show, they're like trying to stretch out all the books because it's like, you could have the book be, I mean the, the first season be, and then they end up together and then we sort of see their life and we move on and we spend more time with preacher. We spend more time with these other couples as they arrive. Um, and I don't think there's one that's like necessarily better than the other. Like, obviously we're such like insane <laughs> Virgin River fans. I'm not going to say that like they should have drastically changed the show because like, obviously it's working, but I think that's the, that's the hard part of doing it this way is if you make it the will they or won't they, the, the, the main crux of the show, then it's hard because it's like eventually either you're going to have to throw more and more insane things as the reason for them to be together, or you're going to be like, they don't actually need to be together. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. it's almost, it's like we're, we're watching at this stage for the town and not necessarily for just like Jack and Mel will they, or won't they, or there can continue to be drama within a relationship as well. You know? Um, I I think, yeah. Yeah, because I think that not to pit two romance shows against each other, 
But at the moment, you know, Virgin River has two seasons to Bridgerton's one. I -hmm. think Virgin River has done a way better job of making us care about the town and the other characters than Bridgerton has. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. And I would say by far. But I'm in the bag for Virgin River. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> but I mean, listen, we're going to be watching Bridgerton next season. so We're contractually obligated to. <laughs> I am contractually obligated to watch Bridgerton. We, oh, please. You'll want to watch it. Once you start seeing all the advertisements for it, we'll be like, mm, should we? Yeah. Should we do Goodreads list or is there more? I do feel like this is this could be a six hour episode if we let it. And I do have to. <laughs> Go to no, work today. I, I feel the same way. Yes, we, we uh-huh. got to get into it, but it may, maybe I can get you to read the second book at some point. Maybe. I mean, let's see. Or it maybe I'll. Birthday in August. We'll maybe. I'll, oh, could it be my birthday book? <laughs> birthday book. Yeah, you get to pick a birthday book. Yes. Cool. Okay. Uh, all right. Goodreads list. It's on so many. I'll like just blow through these and you stop me if you want me to talk about one. Okay. Uh, Best ever contemporary romance books. Agree. I Love a Man in Uniform. Yes. Best romance series. Agree. My Dream Leading Men. I mean, certainly for you. Yes. Jack, Jack, he's up there now for me. For contemporaries, I think he's your guy. Yeah, well, Conlingus Gabe. Oh, right, right. How could we forget? Is probably they're tops. in the same like vein, like that's like a certain type. Yeah, that he's tops, but but Jack is up there. Main Street, small town contemporary romance. Yes. Oh, character you most want to sleep with? We didn't do that. Would you fuck them? Oh, oh, okay, great. Thank you for saying that. Um, I would fuck them both. Yes. I guess Jack, but not Mel. Mel annoyed the shit out of me. Oh, you really didn't like Mel. Mm-hmm. I'd fuck Charmaine, though. She seems fun. Anyway, moving on. My favorite romance authors. I can I could see that, but but I, I would say a no for me. Best accidentally pregnant in romance novels? I don't think this is accidentally pregnant. I think this is God's will. I think this is Jack <laughs> has Jack has the God God dick. <laughs> God dick. Um, put that on your tropes. Tear jerker romance novels that jerk the tears right out of you. I did not get jerked by this book. Mm, me neither. I never cried. Doctor medical romance heroes. Yeah. Yeah, she's a she's an NP. Uh, couldn't put the book down. Agree. Hard agree. <laughs> Best widow romance. Yeah, I could see that. Featuring smart, funny, and proactive female leads. She is all those things, yet also an asshole. Oh, yeah. Petite heroine, big hero. I guess he's supposed to be bigger than her. Like He's supposed to be huge and strapping, but I mm-hmm. have a hard time not picturing Jack from the series. So the way it's written, right. I-, I do think that that's the case. In the book, yeah. In the series, they're like kind of the same height <laughs> and build, probably. Like, they're pretty much the same. But, like, no, in the series, there's a lot of... Well... We know that she's a good character and a love interest because she's small and thin. And that's how you know. That's it's um, noble. It's just it's just noble. 
She's inherently a better person for having those uh, features, uh-huh. obviously. Um, romance novel, Heroes with PTSD. Yes, the PTSD is tackled more in the show than it is in this book. Yes. In this book, they're like, something happened in Fallujah, but we're not sure what. Well, he, no, because the, uh, his buddy, he sat with his buddy who got, like, fused. Like, it was weird. He got burnt up, and, uh, Jack sat with him until the very end. Because oh, he didn't so want like to leave him, him behind. But That's it, very sad. Okay. It yeah. wasn't like in the show where his buddies come to visit. Because they come to visit in the book. But in the show, they come to visit just to tell stories about how Jack fucked up. <laughs> yeah. They show up a lot more in the book. And also, it's like funny for them really harping on like how rural Virgin River is. Like People blow into town pretty willy-nilly. Yeah, it's fun, though. It was fun. When his buddies came, I was like, oh, man, I hope that this isn't as bad as it was in the show, as in, like, bad for Jack. And Jack does have a rough time after they leave. He, I think he is an introvert because mm-hmm. he, uh, he, get, he does get, you know, he likes to be around people, but I think Jack needs his alone time, at least in my estimation, I think. So when they leave, it brings up a lot of brings up a lot yeah, of he things gets, like, for kind him. of morose yeah, yeah and so he drinks he he drinks a lot so but he's not well, a drunk yeah. in the book but we're uh, they allude to him being a drunk in the show yeah uh fish out of water romances yes but they don't really take advantage of it most possessive romantic men he's not crazy possessive i don't feel like i think he does definitely love her and want her but He's never, he's protective of her when people come and are, you know, threatening to her or he perceives them as threatening. Nature lovers, romances, camping, fishing, hiking, backpacking, mountain climbing, and more. There's a lot of fishing in the book. There's more fishing in the book than in the series. She, it was cute when he bought her waders and and a rod. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that cute? He like left them by her door and she tries them on. That was sweet. I like that they fly oh, yeah. fish together. No, yeah, that was a sweet moment when they are fly fishing together and he's like smelling her hair and stuff. I liked that. Yeah, sweet. Uh, hero in pursuit, contemporary romance. He's definitely in pursuit of her the whole time. Mm-hmm. Tattooed and pierced main characters in romance. I mean, he's tattooed because he was in the service. Yeah, he's so, not pierced. Yeah, and I don't think of that as like a tattoo. Like somebody's like, I'm just going to get a old washing machine tattooed on my bicep because it's stupid. It's like he had an actual <laughs> tattoo from like a legitimate thing. Right, from the Marine Corps. Where he was like in the Marine Corps for a, like, it seems like a very long time. That was his career. Um, yeah. Mood lighting, romance novels featuring bars, pubs, or nightclubs. Oh, yeah. Adjusting to a new job or retirement in romance. I mean, like, I guess, like, Jack is retired. I mean, he's young. Well, he runs a business, and, and she's yeah. adjusting to a new job. Right. But I think he also talks about, he's like, yeah, the bar doesn't make any money. Because when he they go to visit his father in Sacramento, and his father's, like, managing his funds. And he's like, yeah, did you think that the bar was making any money? And it's like, yeah, that is funny. It doesn't. Keep you up all night romance books. I went to bed at a reasonable time, but I read this all day yesterday. Home romance novels with veterans of Middle Eastern wars. Yes. 
is it mine? That's it. I don't, <laughs> I don't think he ever asks if it's his. Yeah, I think he's like pretty confident that he's the only one she's stiffing. So yeah. So you love a bad boy or tortured hero? He's not a bad boy, and he's tortured, but they don't really home in on that too much. She's more tortured right. than he is. He's not that tortured. It seems like also he probably saw some messed up stuff, and he's like just dealing with it. Um, teenage secondary characters in romance novels. Yes, and it's a trope I hate. <laughs> and we could do away with it. Uh, contemporary romance, romance featuring sisters. Yeah, true. Books with guys you wish were real. Oh, yeah. I wish Jack was real. <laughs> jealous, possessive, controlling, sexy alpha males. I don't think he's jealous, possessive, or controlling, but I think he's a sexy alpha male. Yeah, I wouldn't even say he's an alpha male. Yeah, um, he borders on beta. Then uh, Nightingale, nurses in romance. Nurse practitioner. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I think she always says it, spells it out. She's like a nurse practitioner in midwife. Yeah. Like, she's never just like an MP. Um, for fans of Hallmark movies and mysteries. I could see yeah. that. Yeah. Why not? All right. So those are some of the Goodreads list. That's not the whole thing because there was like nine pages. I wasn't doing them all. But uh, Clayton, what are your tropes? So different worlds because Jack is... You know, Jack's military man, not a high school. He just graduated high school, didn't go to college. She's a doctor. Veteran hero, nurse practitioner heroine, uh, underage sex, (laughs) murdered husband, widowed heroine, PTSD hero, friends with benefits. Because they start out as friends and they kind of fool around, but then it definitely becomes a romance. Mm-hmm. Condoms for everyone but Mel. It seemed like condoms were thrown around <laughs> to a lot of people except for Mel, uh, at least at the beginning. Surprise yeah. pregnancy. Soft shoulder. They talk a lot about this soft shoulder uh, mm-hmm. where she oh, gets on the stuck. Road? Yes. There's things that I, there's like weird things like soft shoulder, which I get as a thing, but they mention the soft shoulder constantly. They also refer to butts as fannies. Oh God! Let's. That was rough. I don't. I don't love it. There is no worse word for a butt than fanny because number one, it's infantile. Number mm-hmm. two, in other countries, it means pussy. It does. Because I worked yeah. with a Scottish woman who we ha- we had fanny packs, and she was like, "You call it a bum bag because a fanny <laughs> means vagina where I come from." <laughs> And I said, all right, bum bag it is. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, what are your tropes? Sure. So um, I have second chance romance, widows, PTSD hero, small town romance, rural romance, um, midwife NP heroine, only one bed because despite there being multiple beds, they somehow always end up in a situation where they, they have to sleep together non-romantically, which I think is funny. Babies and romance, because there are so many babies in this book. Nice. Um, Yeah. So, Clayton, what has you swooning this week? This is unprecedented for me, because I never swoon about internet nonsense, let alone Twitter (laughs) nonsense. Oh, my God. I know. 
But there's a Twitter account, and it's getting a lot of buzz, so it's not like I'm breaking any sort of news here. There is a Twitter account called Tony Soprano Crying to Songs. <laughs> and it's just a scene from The Sopranos, the greatest show ever made, number two being Virgin River, of course. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Virgin River, but Sopranos gets the crown for now. For now. It's Tony Soprano crying to a song on the radio, which in the original scene, it's the Shy Lights, Oh Girl. And somebody just started putting songs over that scene. And it's that funny thing that everybody, I think, has done in their life where they, they're into a song, then they like start thinking about something else or what the song is saying. They start to cry, they stop themselves, and then they laugh at themselves. I've done that millions of times, and Tony Soprano does it, and it's just overlaying all these songs over it. It is great. It never gets old. I mean, listen, come back to me in a week, and maybe I'll be like, it's old. I'm over it. But right now, I refresh that page constantly because I just want to know what new song Tony Soprano is going to cry to. So that is my swoon, is Tony Soprano crying to songs on Twitter. Aaron, yeah. what has you swooning? I mean, I'm still in awe that you have a Twitter account and you were able to I, find. I don't have a, a Twitter account. I just okay. go. I just go on the web. I just go on my phone and I go to uh, on, on Safari and I and I don't. I'm not doing anything other than just watching the vids. Did you follow on the Learning the Tropes Instagram a meme account called Millennial, <laughs> Millennial Sopranos? Sopranos? I did too. I was going to swoon about that as well. <laughs> I'm really into like this Gen Z millennial take on Sopranos. Uh, I, yes, I did. <laughs> I was so confused. Um, you thought a bot got in there and just did that? No, I knew it was you, but I was like, why... It's Clayton following meme accounts from learning the tropes because also you do have a your own Instagram account. Yeah, but I don't I don't remember what my password is. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm swooning this week about a podcast. Um, as we all know, we're big Ted Lasso fans. Oh yeah. Here at Learning the Tropes. And so Brett Goldstein, the guy who plays Roy in Ted Lasso, Roy Kent. has yeah, has a podcast called Movies to be Buried With with Brett Goldstein. And I recently went on a road trip and I listened to a few episodes and it's really good. First off, Roy Kitt, his voice is the most soothing and calming thing. <laughs> like, it, I don't know what it is, if it's his accent or the combination of the two. And then he just has different guests on and they just talk about like, what was the first movie you saw? What was the movie that made you scared? All of these like funny little superlatives for movies. And I really love it. Um, And it's just like a really fun, really good podcast that is like easy to listen to and not particularly stressful. <laughs> um, And I just really love it. And I love him. I'm a huge Brett Goldstein fan. He also has a show on Amazon called Soulmates that he wrote. And I would say the first episode is so insanely good. Um, you know, and then you, you don't have to continue. Okay. That. Oh, wow. But the pilot is fantastic. So 
Great. Yeah, this yeah. is a podcast I've been meaning to listen to because it recently did a crossover with a podcast that I mentioned previously on this show and like, like a lot off menu, which is oh. James Acaster does does it where it's uh, the Dream Restaurant where basically you, they get guests in there and say what's your favorite what would be your favorite starter, main course, dessert, drink, and all these things. And it's really fun. And Mm -hmm. it crossed over with this podcast just recently. So I have been meaning to to listen to this podcast, and now I most definitely will because you like it, so it's got to be great. Well, Aaron, where can they find us? So you can find us, you could always email us uh, learningthetropespodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Learning Tropes, on Instagram at Learning The Tropes. We have our Facebook group, the Learning The Tropes Troop. We have merch, which is linked in the show notes. Also, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, which you guys always do. And it's so nice and it's how people find us. And we really, really appreciate it. Um, and so we are going to be back next week with a mini-sode. If you have a topic for us that you want us to discuss in the mini-sode, if it's like, I don't know, a question that you have or something that's going on in like Romance Landia, message us and let us know. And yeah. maybe we'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Happy reading. Talk to you. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.